Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. This special episode is in partnership with Clearwater International. I'm Juliana Needham, a journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at valuation trends in European private equity and then focusing on one sector, business services. We'll explore the findings of a multiples heat map produced by Clearwater International and Unquote. I'm joined by Marcus Archer, who is the managing partner for the UK and head of private equity, and by Rob Burden, who's a partner and European head of business services, both at Clearwater International. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Rob. Thanks very much for joining me today. Morning. Morning. So to begin with, Marcus, can I ask you to just explain a bit more about the multiples heat map, please? Yeah, sure. So we at Clearwater International, in collaboration with Unquote, produced the multiples heat map, which identifies major themes driving EV to EBITDA multiples in Europe, um, private equity deals. The objective is to help private equity understand themes and trends across regions and sectors. Um, and the intention is to help private equity companies in Europe make better investment decisions based on the data that we produce. And staying with you, Marcus, can we look at deal volume across Europe in 2022 so far? It looks like deal volume performance in the first half was strong by any normal standards and far above the average of recent years. Can you tell us more about the very challenging deal-making environment for the first half of this year, please? Absolutely. Yeah, and the data does show deal volumes you know, for all of 2021 and the first half of 2022 have been at, at high levels and seem to be maintained, um, despite some of the turbulent waters which are starting to appear. A few themes are coming through for private equity in these more challenging times. The first one is um, we're clearly seeing a flight to quality and a flight towards attractive and robust end markets. And a lot of the private equity funds have become very clear in the markets in which they want to invest uh, and running very hard at assets to give them exposure to those markets. Themes around ESG and tech enablement are prevailing across all sectors. And any business which has got those characteristics is very sought after by you know, most of the mid-market and large cap funds. Um, the, key, the key new due diligence theme that's appeared in the last quarter is all around resilience. And private equity funds are spending an awful lot more time looking at business plans, looking at numbers, looking at growth plans, running scenarios to try and do the best they can to see how resilient businesses may be in what may come over the next kind of 12 to 24, 36 months. And the reality is nobody really knows what's going to come and what's going to come is going to be different to uh, last economic cycles, but that resilience due diligence is meaning deals are taking longer. The final point which has come through in, in the first half is availability of debt. And what we found is traditionally running staple debt process to underpin sale mandates was something that market's been doing for a number of years now. And what we found more recently is that's become harder and harder to do and the banks and debt funds have become much more sponsor specific in terms of the debt packages they're putting forward. Um, so our debt team are working very closely with specific sponsors at the right time in a deal to raise debt packages rather than raising more generic packages which can port across to multiple funds. So there's a few things that people are using to adapt to the changing climate. And do those debt packages very much depend on the resilience of, of the business in question? Yeah, I think there's two factors. One will be the resilience of the business itself, which goes into the markets and the strength of the management team and their track record. The other bit will be more sponsor specific and the specific private equity fund track record and relationship with particular banks. So I think banks are looking at both things to give them confidence that they're making a good lending decision. Great. Thank you. And Rob, coming to you, 
What are the major trends driving deal flow in the business services space? And how has that deal flow evolved so far in 2022? Sure. Well, it's been, it's been quite an interesting period, actually, as Marcus says, across, you know, across the piece and certainly within business services, you know, deal volumes have, have been maintained and uh, it's been, been an interesting start to the year despite some challenges. So I think there's some overarching themes which drive an activity within business services, whether that's kind of the war on talent, which has been a feature for many years, you know, partly long-term skill shortages within uh, within the UK and, and within within certain geographies, probably accelerated by uh, Brexit and kind of migration of labour and, and what that means for, for certainly the UK economy. And could you just outline what those skills shortages are? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Well, I guess the best the best example is you know what you know what you might call kind of jobs jobs for the future. So it's investment in. Uh, IT and digital skills in coding in the creative spaces, those types of industries where there's increasing demand, you know, within the UK labour force. But you know, perhaps we haven't invested, you know, as as early as we might have done in developing that talent in early years. That's why you see a lot of private equity investment at the moment going into those sectors, whether that's apprenticeships, corporate training, uh, e-learning, upskilling, which which kind of goes to address some of those some of those challenges. I guess some of the other factors sort of driving deal flow, obviously, we've got some uh, large inflationary pressures rippling through through Europe at the moment as a consequence of the Ukraine crisis, digital disruption, digital transformation, tech enablement, themes that Marcus referred to uh, earlier on, and of course, kind of ESG, which, which presents itself in a number of different ways, whether that's kind of decarbonisation. So any businesses providing services to address those kind of megatrends and those themes, you know, are attractive in the eyes of investors and, and highly prized. Rob, staying with you, what are the main buy side strategies or motivations that you're seeing, and which are the particular niches or subsectors that are that are sought after? Yeah, I think there's a flight to quality, which is a little bit of a cliche, but certainly what we're seeing at the coalface in terms of interest from from private equity, and they're really focusing on quality of earnings, visibility of earnings. You know, services that are providing, you know, mission critical uh, services uh, to, to their clients, uh, and really that sort of robust, resilient, you know, pockets of the market, whether that's you know, compliance-driven, regulation-driven uh, services. Um, so, in terms of specific niches, subsectors within business services where we're seeing activity, the tick space remains extremely active. Uh, whether that's kind of fire and life safety, environmental services, building and safety compliance, you know, those types of of, of assets lots of interest uh, from, from investors in that part of the market. Professional services, legal services, accountancy services, again, presenting those uh, compliance-driven services for their clients, repeat revenues, high quality, high quality of earnings. And then within, within human capital, it's the area that we're seeing most interest would be you know, the kind of upskilling training uh, agenda, whether that's corporate training, the apprenticeship space, adult learning, uh, especially with some kind of digital wraparound delivery model through through kind of an LMS or an e-learning platform, especially where they're focused on those those sectors of interest, you know, the jobs for the future that I mentioned earlier, the digital skills, the IT skills, which are going to be in, in increasing demand. And there'd be maybe three subsectors that I'd, I'd see and expect plenty of activity to in the uh, in the six months and twelve months to come. Thank you. And can we look at some of the European geographies? And which subsectors within those geographies or countries which are looking most promising and why? You mentioned about the UK earlier, but what about the, the wider European region? 
Yeah, I think the data shows that sort of multiples have, have continued to to hold up and perform strongly across the piece. You know, you'd probably call out, you know, two that are particularly hot right now being the Nordics and, and the UK as the data shows. And without sounding too much like a stuck record, I think the subsector wise we'd expect a continuation of, of what I've just said. So, you know, tick compliance services, professional services, anything anything tech enabled is is where we'd really expect the the activity to continue. And that to be more of a driver of investment as opposed to a specific geography. And Rob, are you seeing any strategics in other sectors looking to acquire companies in the business services space, such as a a major logistics firm wanting to buy in its digital training capacity? Yes, it's an interesting observation. It's it's not something that we're seeing, you know, right now in, in the space where people are looking to acquire expertise and deploy that uh, in-house. Uh, partly that's because, you know, those businesses office, offer often servicing multiple clients, which include their competitors. There's clearly a bit of a channel, channel conflict there. Not to say it doesn't happen, but it's quite rare, rare that it does. You know, in our experience, organizations tend to want to work with, you know, third-party experts getting that great service uh, that, that delivers their needs and scaling accordingly rather than acquiring and bringing that house just in a, a more efficient use of capital. Great, thank you. And Marcus, bringing you back in here, how are private equity acquirers responding to this much tighter and uncertain economic climate? We spoke a bit earlier about debt funding, but do you anticipate seeing any issues with funding transactions and any potentially not going ahead because of funding issues? Well, there's two sides to the funding. I think just outlined one being the equity side of it and one being the debt side of it. Um, if we look across you know, the mid-market and indeed the whole of the private equity spectrum, there's still an awful lot of dry powder sitting in those funds which needs to be deployed. What is happening is, um, you know, linked to what Rob said and I said earlier on, you know, flight to quality and there's definitely thematic investing around particular markets where the macros are strong and they look like robust and growth markets for the future. So I think private equity funds are reacting to the tighter climate by being more specific and more focused in the areas they do and don't want to invest, um, which is making the market pretty pretty polarised. So anything around sort of tech, tech-enabled services, pharma and life sciences, renewables, etc., a pretty resilient market. So here to stay, and a lot of them have got kind of government backing and infrastructure fund backing to um, execute on, on on the strategies. Uh, the debt markets is where the squeeze might start to hit funds a little bit more. Um, so we're seeing funds over equity funding deals to protect the balance sheet of the company post-investment if there are some tougher times on trading. Um, and as I said a bit earlier on, the funds are being a lot more specific about sponsors they're prepared to lend to or not and being very fussy about lending to some sectors over others. So we've particularly seen raising debt, for example, in recruitment companies has got pretty difficult um, because they're known to be very cyclical markets in economic cycles. Raising debt for anything anything um, consumer-focused is inevitably pretty challenging as consumer spending power and the squeeze starts to hit people's back pockets. So lending to B2C businesses become harder. But generally, B2B businesses, tech-enabled service businesses, those resilient markets, the appetite for lenders to support private equity transactions where the sponsors have got a good and proven track record in relationship with the funds. You know, that money is available, but that's, that's I think, where the squeeze will be felt is the availability of debt to raise funds rather than the availability of equity. And Rob, what's the outlook for business services? Do you think that assets are overvalued or do you think they could, they could go higher still? I think it's very possible that valuations could, in, could continue to increase. I think that's partly driven by the flight quality that, that we've talked about throughout this podcast. I think there'll be 
you know, lots of competition, lots of interest from private equity for those businesses, those platforms that are capable of consolidating their own sectors um, in those resilient pockets of, of the market where there are good quality of earnings, good visibility of revenues and sort of compliance drivers to those to those services. I don't think by any stretch we're going to see um, volumes of, of deals uh, disappear completely. I don't think we're going to see an acceleration of volumes. So I think it will largely continue, you know, in terms of the deal volumes that we've seen in recent years, partly driven by the abundance of private equity capital available to invest in the sector, which is driving activity in and of itself, partly due to the fragmented nature of the end markets uh, within business services. So, Marcus, just bringing you back in for a final question, what are you hearing from your clients? There are, there are so many different kind of macroeconomic and geopolitical factors at play uh, in 2022. What do you anticipate seeing in the private equity space for the remainder of the year? So two, two sets of clients um, that we would have, one being owner managers and one being private equity funds. Uh, the owner managed clients that we have you know, in the main across resilient sectors are continuing to see strong trading. And the KPIs are still pointing in the right direction for the remainder of this year. Uh, you know, some of our clients are quite surprised they're seeing such strong trading, you know, when there is this uncertainty around. Um, and it's such a complex situation at the moment. I don't think anybody really knows what the answer is going to be and how to navigate it. Um, and then from our, <laughs> from our private equity clients' perspective, um, you know, they, they do have dry, dry powder to deploy. You know, they are already deciding which sectors they want to invest in next year. And they're already identifying the businesses that are going to come up in those sectors that they want to invest in. So conviction investing is a phrase we've used a few times on these podcasts. And that you know, that does continue where people are spending time ahead of a process to get themselves into a good position. Um, the question for a lot of people on the exit side will be, is now the right time to bring a business to market? Um, nobody wants a failed sale process. So part of our job as advisors you know, is to work with our clients to think about a particular business, a particular market, a particular business model, You know, think ahead of time around the resilience of the business and what the business plan might look like for the next 12 to 24 months. Because we know that buyers, particularly private equity funds, are doing an awful lot work, more work around that resilience and scenario planning for you know, what they might need to do with the business to help it navigate you know, what lies ahead over the next period of time. Great. Thank you. And that brings us back nicely to the two themes we've heard all the way through, which is a focus on quality and resilience. Rob and Marcus, thanks very much. That was Marcus Archer, Managing Partner and Head of Private Equity for the UK, and Rob Burden, who's a partner and European Head of Business Services, both at Clearwater International. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. This special episode is in partnership with Clearwater International. Please rate, review and follow or subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week. Mm-hmm.